You're listening to The Profile. Hi, welcome to The Profile podcast. I'm Andy Peck. For the past 17 years, I've been interviewing Christian leaders in the church and charity worlds and in the wider culture. It was John Maxwell who famously said, leadership is influence. It's our prayer that these conversations will help you in whatever spheres you have influence for God, whether in the home, at church, in your workplace or elsewhere. The show is brought to you by Premier Christianity magazine, the UK's leading Christian magazine. Get full online access and the print magazine every month by becoming a subscriber. See special offers available now at premierchristianity.com. Perhaps you can recall sharing news with someone of how God has done something and they reply, well, that's an answer to prayer. Both you and they are generally encouraged at that point. And I hope as you listen to this, you're generally able to say that God is a prayer answering God. But sadly, there's widespread ignorance about the God of the Bible, certainly in the UK, where I'm recording this, and maybe where you are too. God's name is more often used as a swear word or a language of annoyance rather than an eternal being worthy of thanks and praise. Well, I'm joined on the Leadership Show today by someone who's looking to change this around in a project he believes that God is very much called him to. His name is Richard Gamble. He's the founding director of the Eternal Wall, described as a colossal architectural structure remembering a million answered prayers. He's a former entrepreneur in software business. He was once chaplain to Leicester City Football Club before they won the Premier League. And I'm looking forward to discover more about this wall and the leadership challenges behind it. So lovely to have you on the show, Richard. Hey, thank you very much for having me on. Um, so tell us about the Eternal War. I know there are some people in Britain who haven't heard about it, sadly. So tell us about it. <laughs> I think there's a lot who haven't heard about it. We're working on it. But uh, the Eternal Wall is um, a project. The heart of it is to proclaim the deeds of the Lord to the nations and tell people that Jesus is alive, he listens and he answers. The, the eternal wall itself is a giant infinity loop uh, that sort of rises up 50 metres into the skyline. So it's a piece of public art. Um, it's a white wall made of a million bricks and every brick will represent a story of answered prayer. So you'll be able to come and visit Point your phone at any one of the bricks and your phone will light up and it'll tell you the story of hope that lies within it. And um, it's going to be situated between the M6 and the M42, just outside Birmingham. Uh, we begin building in September of 24. And uh, it's been a 20-year journey to get to this uh, point. So we're very excited with where we are, though a little bit tired and weary. <laughs> I can imagine, Richard. So the classic leadership question, of course, for anyone who has a vision like this is, uh, you know, when, where, where and when did you sense that this was right? And what was the process to, you know, from this idea to checking it out and actually acting? So uh, it was 20 years ago that I felt God speak to me. I was carrying a cross, I know, which is unusual, but carrying a cross around uh, Leicestershire during the Easter break just to get people to think about Jesus and I prayed and I said God what do you want me to do next and that idea sort of flashed through my mind I didn't really know what to do with it at that point Andy and really over a period of 
uh, 10 years that the idea sort of incubated, as it were. I spoke to people about it from time to time and got lots of weird looks or, you know, that's a nice thing for you to do, them thinking you're never going to do it. Uh, and then nine years ago, I felt God say, right, you need to get you need to get started on this. And uh, it's just been one step at a time, um, just trying to work, just to work out the dream and work out how to get to where we are now. So what's the first stage, Richard? Is it finding other people to support you? Is it finding finance? What What was the kind of I, the next step? Yeah, I think the first stage is speaking the dream. I think it's really important when God gives you something like that to just talk to people about it. And uh, I remember being in a leaders meeting and we were all tasked with, you know, what's our dream for church? And I'd come in and start talking about a national landmark. So there's a lot of raised eyebrows there. But I think there's, if you look at Joseph, there was a power when he spoke the dream. I know he takes a lot of criticism for it, but actually the whole catalyst of events that took place for that dream to be fulfilled took with that adverse reaction that he got from his brothers right at the beginning. But he had to, he had to say it, had to speak it. So I think for me, talking about it and then, of course, as you talk about it, occasionally you have that amazing moment where somebody goes, great, what can I do to help? And, and then you start to formulate the plan of how you're going to approach this. Uh, well, we'll, we'll go. We'll go on to look at this a little bit more uh, later. But I didn't. I haven't asked you about your your background because I thought it'd be useful to say. Well, I'll ask you the question: Is there anything from your past you think has prepared you for this moment? Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes it isn't. Uh, yeah, I've certainly not done a degree in building a landmark. I mean, I'm not <laughs> an architect or, or a civil engineer. I wish I was at times. Uh, but I actually, a wise man said to me, if you look at the meanderings of your life and the twists and turns, you can see the direction that God wants to take you on. And I actually think every bit of experience that I've had in my life, um, that God is using those experiences to help me. Even I, I used to run a software business. Um, even some of the technology that we used in that software business and some of the principles that I learned in that business are helping me with the technology element of this now. Um, my The relationships that I built while I headed up Sports Chaplaincy UK charity, you know, have opened doors for me to help us on this project. So I think everything's been really useful. Uh, to get us to where we are. I'm sure people have drawn parallels between uh, the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament and him building a wall and, and this one. Um, and it strikes me that Nehemiah had a lot of opposition at different times, both internal and external. Um, and there've been, there were tipping points for him times when he chose to carry on regardless. Have there been moments like that for you? Uh, I mean, it's interesting. I use Nehemiah as my template, really. I read that book regularly uh, because it's sort of a, a direction on how, you know, how to build a wall, I guess. Um, yeah, of course, there are times, I think, there's never been a time when I've been tempted to give up. There's been times where I want to give up because it's hard going, but I deep down don't want to. Um 
there are certainly times when I've been utterly overwhelmed. Times when different pieces of information and facts sort of come across your bow, across your bows, and you're sort of like, Lord Jesus, how do I do this? And for me, what I do in those times is two things, really. We, we have seen on the journey as a team the incredible favour of God. So when I'm presented with an impossible, I think those are the times where I remember what God has done to get us to this point. And that stops me from wobbling too much. And I remind myself, hey, God's in this. You know, a good friend of mine said to me once, he said, Rich, either you either you are the luckiest man in the world or God is in this. <laughs> and I definitely go for the latter. Sure. And I, I think that recalibration is really important. And I also remember this, that impossible has no gradients. I think this project is impossible. So when some of the facts get even worse than I thought they were, it doesn't change the fact that it's impossible. It still needs God to move. When Elijah poured the water on the wood, you know, he was asking for the impossible. He was asking God to burn the wood from heaven. Well, that's impossible. So if he puts water on it, it makes no difference. And I think at times that the nature of being overwhelmed is just when the facts stack up against you. But I just go back to that. Well, it was impossible to begin with. It can't get more impossible. But the beauty of this journey, Andy, is that um, we are, you know, we're about to start building. I mean, we are, we are going to achieve this dream. And I think that's because we keep trying to align ourselves with what God wants to do in the project. Cool. Uh, and has the project adapted very much along the way? Um. Yes and no, really. I, I, I watched a, a video of like the first crowdfunder video that we did and, and the core elements of the project in that we build a wall made of a million bricks where everyone represents an answered prayer. We point a phone at the brick and your phone lights up. All of that is completely on track 20 years later. But I, I, do, I do believe that I don't have the monopoly on the vision and so god brings people to me who have good ideas and and i try and sort of soak those up like a sponge really and so what we will have when we open in 26 27 i hope will be uh you know a monument that is that is the result of the thousands of people getting involved and loads of people have gone, why don't you do this? Well, that's a good idea. And I've incorporated it in. So hopefully it will be a, a masterpiece made from the people of the church doing their bit. Fabulous to, to, to imagine all that. Um, uh, Richard, um, the goal is to build this, uh, million prayer church, uh, million prayer wall. Um, have you put any criteria around um, the level of answered prayer? You know, is, is there any, uh, you know? I think, I, yeah, it's a, it's a good question um, because you can't subjectively 
how do you judge what is a good answer prayer or not a good answer prayer? And I know, you know, I've heard people, you know, one of our stories is somebody said, I prayed and God gave me a singing voice. And I've seen enough of X Factor to see that not everybody thinks they've got a good singing voice has necessarily <laughs> got one. And, and I certainly don't want to be phoning people up, just check, get them to sing down the phone for me. So the way I um, approach this is we're creating a piece of art and everybody is sharing their opinion on what God has done in their life and how God has answered. And that and what they think is important is in itself the piece of art. What we don't want to do is, you know, I, I, I think God, God answers in loads of different ways. Sometimes he answers in the suddenly. Sometimes we have to wait decades for the answer. Sometimes the answer is completely different than what we expected, but achieves the right outcome, if you like. And sometimes the answer is no. And, and, and all of those have equal value. And what we don't want to do is, is present a God who, like, I pray and then I got exactly what I needed. Because that's not been the case for us over the last 20 years. I don't think it's the case for any Christian. And so we want to we present a range of those stories. And then it's for people to investigate. And that's the purpose of why we want to proclaim the deeds of the Lord. Because the story that you share, and we, I, I'm sort of starting to encourage people, share 10 stories. Because then you get some of the really deep ones, you know. Um, but the stories that you share could be the key to somebody finding a God who answers long after we've left the planet. That's one of the, the legacy things of this project that's most exciting. You know, what are the best answered prayers in the Bible? Well, salvation is definitely one of them. So we love to hear salvation stories. But, you know, Solomon was commended for asking for wisdom, wasn't he? That was his prayer. And, and so how God changes our character and develops our character over time, a really good story that we want to capture too. There's, so there should be a whole range. No, I just love you to hear you uh, couch it in those terms, Richard. Um, as, as you've been going through this, no doubt you've been challenged as a leader. I appreciate there won't be directly applicable lessons because there'll be very few people around the planet who – are doing what you're doing, but nevertheless, lessons yeah. that you've learned from this kind of project, perhaps. Yeah, I think I I actually think there's a lot of transferable lessons from, um, you know, walking in faith where God asks you to do something, and I I think it's easy to believe in Jesus, much easier to believe in Jesus than it is to believe in. You know, much easier to believe in the Jesus of the Bible than it is to believe him at his word. And that has been an ongoing challenge. It's almost like a daily challenge because sometimes it's such a faith tester. But I, I just want to encourage your listeners, you know, if God has if God has spoken a dream to you, no matter what the facts or the situation are, is. I believe you're unstoppable if you follow it. There's a great bit in Acts where Gamaliel sort of says, you know, if these if these people aren't of God, then you know their their ideas are going to fail. But if it isn't if it is of God, you know, you're going to set your face against them, and you'll you'll be unstoppable. You know, effectively, you'll be unstoppable. So, just want to encourage 
your listeners, you know, if God's planted something in your heart to do, whether it be big, medium or small, it doesn't really matter. Go for it and and trust him because the greatest privilege is not the end goal. The greatest privilege is deepening your relationship with him on the journey towards it. Richard, there'll be people uh, listening who'll be wanting to know a bit more in the terms of the details and the size and the kind of bricks and all that kind of thing. I, you know, uh, are you able to share a little bit more of that? Yeah, I mean, the size of it, it it's two and a half times the height of the Angel of the North, the structure. Um, one, what will amaze people when they come is the bricks are really small. So the bricks are slightly bigger than a business card so oh, well hmm. when you get yeah when you get there you start to understand what a million is you start to understand that a million is a really really big number this this thing that's the size of a football pitch two and a half times the tight of the angel of the north and yet it's got these tiny bricks in it and then of course you know the next question is well can all these be wrong can all these million be wrong? And we only need somebody to find one that they agree with or that resonates with them. And it, and it can change their world and their, their perspective on the world and hopefully find the God who answers. Um, it, it, is, it is an incredibly challenging project. It's pushing the boundaries of engineering. Uh, it's pushing the boundaries of technology. And of course, the great, the greatest challenge, and not those two, but the greatest challenge is collecting those stories of answer prayer, because I think we are a culture uh, in the UK uh, that is not used to proclaiming the deeds of the Lord. I think we find it difficult, and it's interesting to me that God has ordained that it be built in this country. Could have picked anywhere. Could have picked any bloke to do it, any woman to do it. Could have picked any nation but he seems to have chosen the UK and that will affect some cultural change. I hope for us to be a bit bolder as a church to say, this is what God has done in our lives. This is what God has done in our history of our nation and nations. Um, because if you look in the Bible, there's over a hundred scriptures that encourage us to proclaim the deeds of the Lord. It's not an insignificant body of scripture. You know, they planted Ebenezer stones. They planted the stones after they um, went through the Jordan at Gilgal. You know, the, the, the Jewish tradition is about remembering what God has done. It's all through the Bible. And it's time, I believe, for us as a church to be bold and stand up and tell the nations what he's done. And, and finding the land, Richard, and, and obviously protecting that land. And I, I'm no doubt protecting the wall when it's done um, from vandalism or graffiti or whatever. That'll be a challenge. Yeah, I, I, well, I think the, 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 um, yeah, I mean, we'll have 24 hour security on and all sorts of stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I know they put an Alan Shearer shirt on the Angel of the North. I have to get a really big one to get it on there <laughs> on its own wall. But, <laughs> Um, uh, the, 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 the protection for me is ensuring our legacy, ensuring, because I, I know that this is definitely going to be built. 
And I know it's going to be there in 100 years' time. And what we need to make sure is that in 100 years' time, it continues to tell the stories of what Jesus has done. And that is not watered down in any way. So we, we also need to plan for the future, plan for 100 years' time. I think that's, in, that's important. Um, and I think that's, that's part of, you know, if you're running a long-term project, you've got to think ahead like that. So we're already, I'm, I'm literally writing a paper this week with a 100-year plan in it. Wow. Because I was going to ask you the question, there'll come a point when this is built and your task is done. I, you, I guess you might just expect God to do something else and tell you what the next thing is already maybe he's already sent you already sense what he's going to be doing next with you no well i i i think the i think once it's built that's the starting line yeah you know it's not it's not the finishing line i'm just getting to the starting line because at that point we want to try and get schools and colleges to come and visit we want as many people to visit in person as possible but also we want as many people to visit digitally so that you've got you, we want to try and get as many eyeballs as we can on these stories of answered prayer that we've collected we want to get them on podcasts and on apps and etc cetera, etc cetera. because for me if we do that if we can if you look at sorry um christ the redeemer in rio de janeiro that that landmark gets 30 million google hits a year so, but all you get is you find out about some French bloke who built it. You don't find anything about Jesus. So if we were to create a landmark that was um, run by a body of people, a church of people who believe in the power of prayer, who believe in the power of testimony, you know, imagine the impact we could have and then where people can come and search those stories. So that, all will kick off once we get to the start line. So I think I'm going to be busy for a few years yet. Wonderful. Uh, and Richard, how can we support this as listeners? What 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 would uh, – obviously there's a prayer dimension. Other things we can be doing? Yeah, yeah a prayer is a prayer is a big one, um, and we're asking people to join to join our prayer list because, you know, it is a spiritual battle to get this done. There's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, we need volunteers, particularly helping us go through archives and historical stories of answer prayer. We need everybody's stories. Uh, we need people to just take some time to think about what God's done in your life. I guarantee if every one of your listeners spent 30 minutes, it would have a massive impact on them just to out the busyness of life, just take some time and reflect on what God has done in your life. And we need donations, of course. We are we are well on our way. We're signing contracts with the preferred contractor, so we're in good shape. We still need some money to get it to that starting line. So all of those options are available if they go to the website, eternalwall.org.uk. And I just encourage, you know, Everyone, really, we are making history here in a legacy project to help the generations that follow, you know, be a part of it. Be a part of it. Do, do, your, do your bit as God prompts you. And uh, when, 
when we have that opening day, and I guarantee it will be on global press, I want as many of the church on that day to go, yeah, I'm part of that. We've been part of that to make sure that the things that God has done echoes through the generations. Final question, Richard. Um, you have any idea of the time frame of start to finish in terms of the building of the wall? Yeah, we, we, we're we going to be starting um, building next year in 2024 at the back, the back end of next year. Just, we're just trying to finalise the date at the moment. That's going to take us a few months. Um, and then we're hoping to complete in 26, 27. It's just on the cusp at the moment and we're negotiating that. But yeah, I mean, just the fact that I can say that to you is sort of 20 years of work, you know, so that's really, really exciting. We have more clarity than we've ever had before. We know it's going to happen now and uh, we're just pressing on to that, that start line. Well, Richard, thank you so much for, for sharing this, for your vision, for being inspirational to so many leaders listening of someone who's taken a vision and uh, birthed it into reality with God's help. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. That was Richard Gamble, the founder of The Eternal Wall. You can go to the website, eternalwall.org.uk to find out more. You can also see a picture of how they imagine the wall will look. Why not do as Richard suggests and spend some time thinking of the many ways God has worked in your life and in the lives of others in answer to your prayers. I'm sure the reflection would do you good, and it may be that you have some material that you could send to him and to them. Richard's testimony is of the faithfulness of God in helping him fulfill the vision that God gave him. And it may be that you have a vision for the leadership you're engaged with or a new venture and maybe his testimony will be an encouragement for you to take the next step. As John Altberg put it in his book of the name, if you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. So why not take the first step and find that God is right there with you? You may already have checked out the archive section of the Leadership Show on Premier's website, premier.org.uk. Or you can go to the profile podcast. The Leadership Show is the Leadership Special and arrives every Wednesday. So you can sign up on your favorite podcast provider and you'll find each recording arrive for you there, normally on a Wednesday. We worship an amazing God. So may you know his rich and abiding presence and involvement in your life in answering prayer. This is Andy Peck, your host. Looking forward to the next time.